So again, thank you so much for attending and supporting our conference last week. It, it, it was one of our very best, and it was, it was a part of a dream come true for me. I, I've had a vision of what our church is supposed to be, a dream uh, where everyone has a ministry and is involved in ministry and growing and maturing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and reaching out to people inside this church and outside the walls of this church uh, with the supernatural gifts that God has given to each of them. And so to stand here on Saturday night with tears running down my face as I watch some of you running around praying over and delivering words and, and, and encouraging one another was just one of the greatest things, one of the greatest thrills of my life. Uh, I've always had this promise for this church. It'll be bigger. It'll be greater than what you can think or imagine. And I felt God whisper to me on Saturday that the bigger has started. And I was very... I was very grateful. I was very happy for that. We're not going to speak of renewal in the, in the future. We're speaking of it now. It's begun now. And we, we are stewards and, and we feed the fire. And, and so to watch you with excitement and, and wonder, listen to the voice of God and move to, on the instruction that you received was one of the best days of more than 40 years of ministry for me. It was just a, a fabulous weekend. And we want to always create opportunity. We want to always make room for that to happen. It's the most exciting and powerful atmosphere that there can be when, when we, the people of God, come to the house of God, prepared and ready to obey the voice of God so that people can experience and witness the power of God. It, it, that, that just makes all the difference in the world. If, if that doesn't happen, you can get the same thing here as you get, could get at the bingo barn. And, and, and why would you get up so early to go to the bingo barn, right? And so th that's, that's the dream. And, and the ki that kind of experience makes this church a place of refuge, a place of healing, a place of hope for anyone and everyone who comes through the doors. I want to spend some time this morning talking about both the purpose of such divine experience and, and the fallout that comes in after a time like we had last weekend. You see, God never does anything for us. God never does anything in us. God never does anything through us without a purpose. And, and he builds in us bit by bit, precept upon precept, layer by layer, something in us that moves us into being participants in the great vision that God has for the world through the generations at the hand of the church. And, and what you experienced last week was not just for the thrill or the fun of the experience. There is a divine, earth-shaking, history-making purpose to it all. Having said that, I also need to tell you that when the church discovers its power, this, this presence, this empowering of the Holy Spirit, the church is on the road to becoming unstoppable. And an unstoppable church causes the devil to be gravely concerned and, and that concern moves him to desperate action. And, and I want to say to you this morning what Paul said to us uh, several times throughout the scripture. I do not want you to be uninformed about the evil strategies that our enemy uses to stop or try to stop the unstoppable church. So let's, let's dive in. First, the purpose of divine counters like we had last week. Uh, you, you'll have heard this before because you're in a Pentecostal church, but Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power 
When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says that the first reason that the Holy Spirit has been sent to us is to make us powerful. Not in our own strength, not in our own ability, but in the ability that God has. We, we read in the Gospels and, and we discover that Jesus was not only an amazing, authoritative teacher of the word, but that he had this powerful ability and authority over demons and over diseases and over winds and waves and the hardness of people's heart. And he not only spoke words, but he stood up and he confronted bondage. He stood up and he confronted sin and enemies and the hardships of life and and he brought resolution to those situations. He, he purposed to send us out into the world to do the same. And, and the same things he did is what he wants us to do. And it, it wasn't his desire to send us either out, either ill-equipped or unequipped, but to make sure that we have received the power of God to confront the very things that he confronted with success. With success. You experienced the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit here last weekend, not so that you could just be warmed and comforted by that present, although that's a wonderful side benefit. You experienced the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit here last weekend, not just so that people inside the house were, would be helped and healed and encouraged, and I was so glad to get your reports. There's reports of healing and reports of encouragement and direction and, and clear direction, and, and I'm still looking for more reports. I, I, I'm wanting to hear your stories, but... Um, People were helped and healed and encouraged, and, and that's wonderful, and it's an exciting thing that happens. But last weekend was so that you would know that God works in you. God works through you everywhere you go, for everyone you meet, every time you encounter people in need. Jesus is speaking to not only the disciples that are gathered in front of him before he goes to the right hand of the Father, but he's speaking to you and me and the entire church of Jesus Christ of all time. So he uses four measurements. He, he's telling people everywhere, you, you, you're to go and you're to, you're to bring this life, you're to bring this hope, you're to bring this, this, ho this, this incredible power and presence of God to your local area, you're to bring it to your regional area, and you're to take it internationally and, in fact, globally. But allow me to, to, to speak directly to you and to me using four different distance measurements to begin with. He gives you power to be witnesses personally, to family, to friends, to, to people that are in your world. He gives you power to be witnesses in the house. Here as we gather together week by week and, and, and in groups together that you have as a congregation or in subsets and then professionally where you work or where you go to school, where, where you make your living, the people that are in that part of your world, he's, he sets you there not just to collect a paycheck but to be his light in that area. He, he's not only appointed you and placed you there, but he has divine appointments that occur anywhere that you might be and God bring it to anyone that God brings to your attention. Just a week or so ago, I was standing in a, in a, in a line waiting and I just had this odd sort of thing come to me and, and go tell that person over there 
that there's hope. I thought, well, you know, we don't know each other, and I know I tell my people to do that, but I don't know, you know, and so I just, I, I, we don't know each other, but I just feel I'm supposed to tell you there's always hope. And the lady just started crying. And I talked with her, and I prayed with her, and she said, do we have to close our eyes? I said, no, we, people just will think we're talking, but I'm going to pray. And, and wherever you go, wherever you go, I, I want to remind you the normal of the kingdom of God is different than the normal of the world. Again, the words of Jesus from Mark chapter 16, go into all the world, go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Whoever believes and is baptized is saved. Whoever refuses to believe is damned. These are some of the signs that will accompany believers. They will throw out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will take snakes up in their hands. They will drink poison and not be hurt. They will lay hands on the sick and they will make them well. When Jesus says world here, he means any place that you run into people. Go any place where you run into people. So that you go from divine encounter, ready to tell anyone that God gives to you, God puts you in front of, to tell them good news. You're a carrier of God's good news and hope. You're sent out to help people find salvation in the only name by which anyone can ever get saved. You're sent to set people free from demons. In, in, that, that's normal in the kingdom of God. That's normal. Um, you're, you're sent speaking and praying and working in an untaught prayer language that gives you power. That's normal, according to the scriptures. Encountering danger and not being hurt or killed is to be what is expected for the believer. To lay hands on the sick and make them well is who he is and what we do. I had a, a pastor friend of mine phone me, and we were just talking this week, and he said, I just had a family that's been part of our church for decades, and they're leaving because we believe in healing. I hope they can't find a church, because I hope every church believes in healing. It's the norm of the kingdom. Um, that, that's not a positive confession. That's a direction that Jesus gives to us. The instruction of Jesus to his witnesses, to you, to me, who are dispatched to wherever we find people. We, we have not arrived in that process. We had some wonderful things happen here last weekend, but the dead weren't raised, okay? Um, uh, we're in process, but this is the vision to make the words of Jesus real, make the words of Jesus concrete in and through our lives. It's that, if that's where you are, please agree audibly with me with a confident amen, would you please? Thank you. That's where we're at. We can continue. Okay. I used this scripture two weeks ago and told you that I wake up almost every day and I recite it out, out loud. I declare the words of Jesus over myself and, and my day's contacts. And, and, and the words of Jesus become my mission, become my agenda for that day. The Spirit of God is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor, sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burden and the battered free, to announce this is God's year to act. 
I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. God has chosen me, has chosen you to declare the message of God to anyone who has any kind of poverty in them at all. He has sent us to pardon prisoners, heal blind, set the hurting people that I encountered, that you encounter today free, and tell everyone that you are not having to wait for God to arrive or his promises to arrive at some future point in time. But now is the time. This is God's time to act. Now is God's time for you. It's scriptural. It's, it's powerful. It's, it's a way to keep on track and focused on my spiritual mission for today. And so I, I, I just try every day to start with that declaration. And, and you remember what I said earlier. When, when you are a part of the unstoppable plan of God, when you stand up and take your place in the kingdom, you, you make yourself an, a, an enemy. The same enemy that God had is the same enemy that comes at you. He's uncomfortable. He's angry. And so he will launch a well-worn book of, of warfare tricks on anyone who dares to stand up in the power and the ability of God. He, he is not particularly creative. He, he uses the same tricks and the, with some subtle changes that he, he started using since he went to miss up mess up the message and the, the, the assignment that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden. So he hasn't, he hasn't come up with anything new. The, there, there are tactics that he uses. He uses discouragement. He uses confusion, disunity, and distraction. He, he comes to push you off track using one or more or all of these. One of them is this discouragement. His, his hope is to overwhelm you with, with difficulty so that you, you lose sight of the assignment that you have to be a powerful witness to people that you encounter in the places that you frequent. Conference is always a challenging time for Debbie and I. We love it. We look forward to it. But it's always an interesting time at our house. I, I was going through some of my journals and... and during conferences, we've had the furnace quit, we've had car problems, and on two occasions, including last weekend, we had our basement flooded with water. Coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> it's just... So, I go down last Sunday morning and I unscrew the, the little doodad and all the water goes rushing out and then I go up, get dressed and we come to church. We're just, you know, we'll take care of that later, okay? Um, confusion is a, is a regular tactic that's used. He, he emphasizes an area in your heart and mind and encourages you to overthink it and allow it to push you into a state of panic or, or irrational action and, and moves you off mission. I, I love the emphasis that Brandon brought last weekend on unity. It's a dynamic and a very important part of who we are and how we're to work together. Where we are unified, God stands up and he commands blessing to fall on that place. So it should not be of any surprise to any of us that after last weekend, you become hypersensitive and people irritate you. You, you become impatient with difficult relationships. You consider throwing it all away and moving to a cave in Lac des Arc and just living where you don't have to see anybody. 
It, it, it's one of the tactics that's used against us to divide us, to conquer us by division. And finally, distraction. The ability to make the unimportant very important. To, to misdirect your attention away from the plan, the mission that God has for your life, to something that keeps you distracted and distant and too busy to fulfill your call. You know that you're called to, to, to bring a difference to people in your world. Oh, there goes a butterfly. You know? Distraction. Distraction. I think that you might identify with one or more of those tactics and might even say that you experienced one or more of those tactics this past week. So here comes some, some hopefully practical help to keep you focused and, and ready to deal and, and overcome the tactics that are thrown your way. We want to talk about your response. Let, let's start with distraction. I might have attention deficit disorder personally. I might have that. I, I can easily be distracted. So much so that I, I really have to work at focusing on my task. And that's one of the reasons that I start my day by declaring the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has chosen me to bring good news. It's why I declare that regularly. It's a reminder. It's a focus point. It prioritizes my day for me. Yes, there are things that I want to, to get done, things that I want to accomplish, but I want to start my morning and say, God, today, what's important for you? What, what's, what's the most important thing in my life for you? Because if I, if I go after that first, he'll add all the other things onto me. Yes, God, what's your focus? What's your priority for, for me? If you, if you pull up to my... Um, beside me at a stoplight, you'll, you'll have to wonder whether you're going to identify as part of my church because I often talk in the car. To my, I only don't talk when I'm with Debbie because she wants me to be quiet because she's praying, okay? And, and, but I, when I'm on my own, I'm talking stuff through. I, I quote scripture. I pray over my mission. I pray over my assignment every day. I pray for you. I, I not only pick up the heart of God for you and your assignment, I'm focused on the part that I play in God's plan for you. Today, I ask that you would encourage and protect Pastor Dan. Make him bold and compassionate. Make him powerful in the empowerment he needs for the people that he meets today. But while I'm praying that, I become very aware of the fact that I play a part in his life and that it would be best for me to stay focused and in place where God wants me to be so that I don't mess up what God is doing in Dan's life. It just keeps me disciplined. It keeps me focused. It keeps me moving forward. I pray every day in my spiritual language in tongues. I, I had a wonderful mentor named James Thomas, and four times a year we would get together either here at this church or where he pastored, and for all day from early morning until late afternoon, we would pray. And his, his requirement was that we don't open the Bible, we don't discuss anything for the first two hours, we pray in tongues for two hours. Now, I'm not asking anybody to do that. I thought he, I thought he was going to kill me when I, did, when I started that. But, but I, I pray every day in my spiritual language. I, I, had, I, I just learned that there's benefits to that. 
I, I, I want you to maybe write this down, Jude uh, verses 20 and 21. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in the most holy faith, pray in the power or pray in the Holy Spirit, and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. In praying the Holy, in the Holy Spirit, God adjusts things in me. He gives me answers. He, he directs the way that I think and the way that I approach, uh, approach life. An example, I, I had an, a problem to address with someone a few weeks ago. It was a reoccurring problem, one that, that had happened not once or twice, but dozens of times. And it wasn't getting any better, and it was getting, getting under my skin. It was on my calendar, and the appointment was set up, and I had outlined what I was going to say and how I was going to say it. I was going to come across powerful and confrontive, and there was room for an ultimatum if I needed it. But that morning, I started praying in tongues. And when I was praying in the Holy Spirit, the direction was this. Today, that person that you're meeting, I want you to be merciful and compassionate. I've started a work that you don't know of. Well, that sort of took all the wind out of my sails because I'd been preparing for two or three weeks for that meeting. I'd already worked myself into the courage of dealing with a difficulty that wasn't wanting to back down. We, we've been here a dozen times, God. It's time for decisive action, but that wasn't the direction. And so we did it his way, and the outcome was amazing. The outcome was amazing. Interestingly, three days later, the direction that came to me was be very forthright and direct with a new situation that had never occurred before. Come out in the same strength that you were going to come that last time. And, and I thought, but no, no, okay, God, we'll do it your way. And it worked out amazing, too. He knows what he's doing. We just have to listen. Don't, don't miss that line before, before, though, in verse 20. We must build each other up in our most holy faith. Encourage, prod, push each other to be who God made us to be. Finally, in the midst of discouragement, there comes a lie that you are not very important, that no one loves you or, or misses you when you're away, that you don't add value and nobody cares about you. It goes on and on, and, and the idea occurs that perhaps you should isolate yourself. You, you don't need the fellowship of believers. They, they don't need you. Here's a classic lie that I hear all the time from people of faith when they say with great, for, great conviction, church, I don't need no stinking church. I can find and hear God just as clearly in the mountains as I can in a pew. I want you to know you can hear God clearly in the mountains, but what you've just said is not true. Something happens here. Something happens here when we meet and God speaks directly to our hearts, speaks through others, encourages us through our, our service in the kingdom. I know that it's a, it's a lie because for 40 years, 40 plus years of ministry, I've never seen it work out well. I know that it's a lie because it goes against the wise counsel of God expressed in his word in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. It's but the shortest verse, not the only verse that I could find in a time crunch time like this. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some 
people do. But let us encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing closer. It's part of your spiritual health regimen to be gathered together with people of faith, to be challenged, to be changed, to be charged, to move forward. And it only gets more important as we get closer to his return. And I need to tell you, we're getting pretty close. We're getting pretty close. Confusion. It's probably the, the bear of a tactic to deal with. It, it's subtle, it's persistent, and it lies, deceives like the best con man in the business. Re- remember that we are working our way through the New Testament this year. It, it, it's not because we're wanting to help you read better. It's not because we're wanting you to read something wholesome rather than something that's not wholesome. We're devoted to the Word because it's alive, it's powerful, it confronts sin, it it, it addresses deceit, it gives character adjustments as you read, and it instructs you on how to have a healthy relationship and how how to adjust your attitude. If it were not so important, then why would it be so difficult to carve out a regular time and keep it sacred and make space for the Word? Guys, you're looking at me like you don't have any clue of what I'm talking about. You know, like, who's the last person who read all the way through the New Testament this week? It's hard to carve out that time. And the reason it's hard is because it's so important. And there's There's a pushback every time. Um, We've said it already, but we're devoted to gathering together as a church. Find a mentor. Someone who has more experience than you and learn from them. Give them permission to speak into your life. Be a part of a connect group where, where you learn to know others and give others the ability to, to know you and, and, and speak to questions that, you come, that cause you to become confused easily. We come to church with both locks and keys. Every time we arrive, the keys that I hold will unlock some of my locks, but most of the keys that I have are to set you free from the locks that are on your life. And, and many of my, my locks have keys that are in your hand, and I get free when we come together and when we bring life, when we bring hope, when we bring wisdom and counsel to one another. Church is a team sport. Church is a team sport. Some of you need to join the team. Some of you need to decide to play on the team. Some of you need to get to know the team. You're deceived if you think that you can do it all on your own. It's not how God designed the kingdom to work. If you think otherwise, then spend a few days in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Paul said this, pray about everything. I have a very difficult relationship issue right now in my life. It's, it's caused me to be awake in the middle of the night on many occasions. And I've wrestled and I've struggled and I've been in anguish over it. In the middle of January, I, I heard God ask me if I knew what he thought about it. And so now for six weeks, I, I've been praying about it. And, and we're down the road a little bit and we're, we're dealing with the confusion of the knotted situation that's in front of me. And we, we have a way to go. But, but it's not so confusing right now because I have had an adjustment in my attitude and I have had the direction 
direction on how to approach the situation, and I've had some insight that God is, is doing things even when I can't see it. When we sing that song, it's moving even when I can't see it, I just start crying. Because I know it's true. Confusion for me comes when I have followed my frustration and my emotions and not sat long enough to get God's perspective and direction. I, I have a confession. Another one, sorry. Um, you should really get a preacher that's not as broken as I am, but here, here, here's my thing. I have very strong opinions. I know that I come over as meek and mild, but ask my staff, when we get stuck wandering around the same problem over and over again, I have some very strong feelings. It may or may not be true that just a couple of weeks ago I said, if this doesn't get fixed, I'm going to put an axe in someone's forehead. Like, I, <laughs> I told you, broken, not hiding anything, okay? I may have said that. I, I can express, express frustration in a very powerful language, and, and I can let people know that I'm not happy with the outcomes as they are now. I am a relational person, and so when I'm not feeling a unity with someone, I can become very opinionated about what needs to happen. I can become very distracted, very annoyed, very outspoken. I find hard, it hard to pull away, but my words and my actions can at times alienate and drive people away. I am learning, and I have learned, that unity is a full-time job, and it's mine. It's yours too, but I can only be responsible for my part. I can, it's very important that I self-adjust and I allow Holy Spirit to adjust my attitude, my approach, my language. L listen to Paul talk to the Ephesian church from a distance about something that's important in overcoming the tactics of the enemy. Don't miss the last sentence as, as he speaks to unity. He says this, in light of all of this, here's what I want you to know. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there, to walk, better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark, this is the, this is the sign, and mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Humility and discipline. Humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts, but steadily. Pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Be alert at noticing Things that are different and quick at mending fences. Oh, Paul, you're preaching good this morning. That, that's an amazing verse. Pour yourself out to each other. Do acts that have their foundation in love, in doing what is best for the other person. Keep aware of problems that arrive. Don't give molehills the ability and the time to become mountains. Be quick to fix and mend downed relational fences. That would be an amazing verse to print out and paste on your kitchen wall or in your mirror so that you read it out loud before you start every day. Finally, distraction. Oh, shoot. Distraction. Relationship requires connection. 
that is strong, that is consistent. Don't allow your relationship with Jesus to get pushed off track because you're busy, because you're distracted, because there are other things that need to be done. Here is the one who gave his life for me, and I'm willing to say, Jesus, I'm sorry that I've been so busy, but I can fit you in in a five-minute window that I have three weeks from now. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Start your day. Stay connected with Jesus. Look at the people, the way Jesus looks at people. We're going to see, speak about that in a, this series next week. We're, we're going to continue that way. But, but Brandon made it so clear and so simple last weekend. When, when he looks at people, when he, when he gets his eyes off what he's doing and looks at people, he picks up things he picks up the heart of God, picks up the things God wants him to say or do for people. We, we have a thousand places calling out for our attention. But Jesus says, I want you to lift up your eyes and look at the people harvest. Look at the people that are made ready by God, people that need someone to pay attention, someone to bring them good news, even now. Lay a heavy beating on the lie that says you're not in a place or a space where God can use you. It's not true. I can guarantee you those words never came out of God's mouth. They came out of your enemy's mouth. It's why I declare those words of Jesus. God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Is that helpful? It's not complex. It's, not, it's just being disciplined to the things that we say we're devoted to. We're devoted to the Word. We're devoted to the gathering. We're devoted to prayer. Later on in Acts, he adds one more devoted word, devoted to being generous. I, I want to just say, uh, on Friday night, uh, Brandon mentioned that one of the things he wanted to take home from the conference, or that he'd been told by his boys to take home from the conference, or from, the, from his time away, was uh, two radio-controlled cars, one for each of them. I want you to know that when he went to leave, he had six, and they all came from this congregation. <laughs> okay? You're a very generous people, an incredibly generous people. And it's just one of the signs that God's doing something amazing in this house. God has put his spirit on you. God has chosen you to work the works of God. Wake up every morning and start by asking God to show you the one person that day that you're meant to help. It may, it may not be anything exquisite or, or huge. It may be shoveling the walk for someone may just phone, be to phone someone up and say, hey, listen, I've been thinking of you. Is there something I can do to help? Maybe like last Saturday night, Sunday night, where, where you were invited, if you have something in your heart that you feel is for somebody else, you go and tell them. I, uh, Victoria, are you still here? Can I have you? Um, I want us... We can get away with a couple more minutes. Eric's not here. Um, 
I'm not really afraid of him. It's just he wants me to be more punctual. And uh, I struggle with punctual. I wait all week for you guys to get here, and they want me to let you go after 90 minutes, and I don't know how that works. But anyways, I, I, I want you to... I want you just to quiet your heart. I want you just to pray that, that simple thing, God. Who do you want me to bless today? Who do you want me to encourage today? I loved last, last weekend, he, Brandon talked about this whole thing of forgiveness and, and making sure that there's not division, that there's a unity. And even as he was speaking, people were getting up out of their seats and moving to other people and saying, hey, listen, you and I, we've had this issue. Can, can we just deal with it right now? I love that. I love that. I love that this house is a house that allows you to be free and real and authentic. I love when somebody has the tenacity to say to me, church is for people who need a crutch or church is for hypocrites. I say, no, we're, we're all broken there. We admit it. We'd be nothing without him. I have people in my church who have prison records. I have people in my church who've blown through life and made made messes and yet God has redeemed everything and is turning it all around for them. I have people in my church who have addictions and, and bad records and relationships and God just loves us the way we are and he's kindly modifying us and changing us so you don't need to be perfect or get a B plus on the character exam. You can be brand new in Christ. You can be old in the faith. But it's your heart just open and saying, God, what do you, what do you want me to say? What, you want, what do you want me to do today? We had a leadership meeting just recently and one of the members of our leadership team just said that there was a person in their office that that had been there for a while and, and, that, and they just felt like this was the time to speak to them about God and to pray with them. And God opened the door. You see, you had a divine experience last Sunday, last weekend in our conference because God is, is building momentum in your life and moving you into a movement of following Him, being a light, being being a minister of hope and life wherever you go. So as your hearts are quiet, God, I'm asking that you'd speak to each heart here. That you give them a name or give them a picture of the person that they're supposed to help and how they're supposed to do it. You might not get the whole message. It, it's just, hey, connect with this person. Or, or maybe very specific. It may be someone who needs financial help and you'll just step out and you'll help them. Maybe somebody that's feeling alone and you just need to go over and grab them and hug them and say, I want you to know our family would be incomplete without you. You have no idea what, what might happen, what you might break.
some lonely people in this room today. And you're not here by accident. It says that God takes you, takes those who are lonely and he picks them up and he places them in families. And, and I want you to know that if you're here this morning, you're not here by accident. It's divine plan and purpose. And all you need to do is just say to someone, maybe start with someone on the front row here and just say, hey, I, I'm so alone. And let them connect you with, with some folks in, in this house. There's someone who's become so desperate that you've even thought of ending it all. But you're here by divine appointment this morning. You're here looking for one last ray of hope. And the hope is this. God knows you so intimately that he brought you here and he told me what he just told me so that you'd know that he was listening to the prayer of your heart that he loves you unconditionally and that he's, he's got something more than what you're hanging on to now. There's a couple of people here who've never accepted Jesus. You, you've heard about him, you've talked about him, you've, you've read about him, but you've never come into connection with him. And while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I just feel that it's important for us to take this moment and just to say, if that's you, would you just lift your hand and lift your head and look at me in the eye until we meet eyes, eye to eye. And then you can take your... But I, I want to pray with you. And I want, I want to make sure that you know him, that you know him, that you know him, that you know him this morning. If that's you, just we're just taking a minute and I feel like there's maybe two people here this morning. You've either known him and wandered away or you've never never had that encounter just take a moment so father here we are we're so excited by what you're doing we love who you are we love what you're stirring up in our hearts and in our minds and and in our spirits. And, and we're understanding more and more clearly that you have us here for a divine purpose. We're ministers of life and light and hope. And God, you're directing us step by step and you're bringing people across our path and we're reaching out and we're, we're loving on them and we're speaking words of encouragement. We're speaking words of hope and life. I pray that your voice would be even more clear. I pray that the devotion that this house has to your word would, would increase and deepen and that every time the word is open, God, there would come strength and health. There would come wisdom and counsel and understanding. I pray that every time we come together, there would be divine appointments, people speaking life to one another, people encouraging one another, gifts flowing, healings taking place, deliverances happening. It's going to happen today, God, both in this place and in Strathmore. We just know it. God, we, we pray that this would be a house of incredible strength because we pray. We give you this Tuesday from, 
from the time the clock hits 12.01 till 6.30 at night, those, those 18 hours of, of prayer and fasting, just seeking your face, making you number one and, and, and paying attention to what you're saying to us so that we're a strong, powerful church in the presence and the power of God. Be with these people, I pray in Jesus' name. Will you stand with me? In about 60 seconds, I'm going to release you, and that that means you're free to go. I would hope, (laughs) I would hope that you wouldn't run for the doors, okay? I would hope that you'd just take five or ten minutes to find the person that you need to go to and just say, hey, I've been thinking about you, And, and, and deposit into their life the thing that God's put in yours. Remember, on you, you have some locks, and in your hand, you have some keys. So hang out with one another a bit. Unlock a a lock for someone else and allow them to unlock a lock for you. Maybe find one of those uh, group leaders, uh, connect group leaders and say, I need more information. Can you tell me some more? We love you. We're excited by what God's doing in our house. You're dismissed. God bless you.